Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Security Management Highlights, brought to you by AlertEnterprise.com, sponsor of the ASIS Foundation Research Report on the State of Security Convergence in the United States, Europe, and India. There was a lot of intimidation that physical security people didn't understand the cyber side, and there was a sense of the cyber on the cyber people that they were they were police, and you know they did their thing, and the cyber folks had their area. But it doesn't make any sense anymore because security is security, everything is on the internet, and even when not, it's the ramifications and effects cut across all divides. So it doesn't really make any sense anymore theoretically to have separate physical and cyber. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of Security Management Highlights. Your host, Chuck Harold. My next guest, very excited to speak to Mr. Michael Gibbs, the former Chief Global Knowledge Officer for ASIS International. Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chuck. Thanks for having me. It's an honor. Today, we're going to talk about something you and I chatted about uh, at GSX, this this term called convergence. It's It's been thrown around a lot. It uh, means a bunch of different things to different people. And we're going to talk about the ASIS Foundation report that they published about this, sponsored by Alert Enterprise. Now, tell us what hat you're wearing today, because you are the former Chief Global Knowledge Officer. What are you doing nowadays? I loved every every minute of my 25-year career at ASIS, but as of a couple of months ago, I hung up my own shingle, and uh, I have my own LLC called GIPS, which happens to stand for, miraculously, Global Insights and Professional Security. And I'm helping organizations develop their security content, establish them as thought leaders, and otherwise assist them in understanding the security landscape. Let's define what convergence is for our listeners that might not know that. Sure. There, as you said, people define convergence in a lot of different ways. And the difference we want to make here is between convergence and integration. Integration basically means that physical security and cybersecurity are using the same network. It's It's been a long time since physical security was relegated to its own network, so it's not to use corporate IT resources. Now the organization wants everything um, on one network. So, um, you know, physical security devices having IP addresses, things like that. That's integration. Convergence is organizational. Uh, it's the various security and risk management functions working together to address security holistically and to seal any gaps or vulnerabilities that exist in the space between functions. So typically, you know, you would have physical, cyber, and any other areas that work with security working either as one team or very closely together in, in, in some sort of unified organization and ideally reporting to one security leader. And a converged operation often, they often have shared practices and processes and shared responsibility for security strategy. So there, there's the difference. Well, I've always found this topic fascinating. If we look at history, there was security. And then the internet came along. You type in security and security companies came up. And then all of a sudden, one day it flipped. And now when you type in security, it's all owned by IT. And I always wondered why we split like that. I, I think it's because IT folks figured they knew more things than physical security people. But really, you need both of these functions to be holistic in your security approach to any solution. That's correct. And and you really got at the core of the issue of what is security. Uh, you know, traditionally, security stemmed out of, private security stemmed out of sort of a police function, which 
was physical, which was preventing against violence, preventing against uh, property crime and, and, and other related threats. And with cyber, all of a sudden you had, when it, when it popped into being in the 80s and 90s, you had a certain cadre of people who understood the technology and they became the, the leaders, they became the people in the know. And it was very much a technical function, securing websites, securing transactions over the internet, antivirus um, protection, uh, protecting against malware, and much more so than, than a, um, a strategic function. And as threats have blossomed and exploded over the internet, the IT security person has found himself or herself being much more of the focus of, uh, of corporate budget and sort of being thrust into a role, um, a much more strategic role than originally, because with the, the onset of, of privacy regulations and all sorts of, um, of ramifications of people being able to access your information remotely from, from, from any device that has been catapulted into you know, the, the chief security issue today, um, cyber issues. And it still has that, the, the physical cyber divide, there's still the sense that to be a cybersecurity expert, you have to know the, the technical side of it. You have to know how to configure firewalls or intrusion detection systems or know how malware works. Or at the highest levels, that's not really true. It's if you're at a strategic function, you really need to know how uh, cyber threats can affect and do affect your organization, how to talk in terms of risk to your 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 board and to other business executives at your organization. So I think that you you were very astute in identifying sort of the flip between physical and cyber and the cyber prominence now. And I think there was a lot of intimidation that physical security people didn't understand the cyber side, and there was a sense of the cyber on the cyber people that they were they were police and, you know, they did their thing and the cyber folks had their area, but it doesn't make any sense anymore because security is security. Everything is on the internet. And even when not, it's the ramifications and effects cut across all divides. So it doesn't really make any sense anymore, theoretically, to have separate physical and cyber. As you know, I do a lot of cyber security interviews and here's what I'm finding. It's all coming back to what behavior the IT programming algorithms are based upon people's behavior and who knows people's behavior better than physical security people right they came out of the police world they came out of the criminal world where they understand how people function and this is where I find the convergence actually started when IT programmers started looking to the police and physical folks to say how can I predict this guy's behavior based on your experience another uh, another good point there are several areas that uh, physical security people have expertise and experience that the cyber folks don't. And probably the most important one is assessing behavior and the potential for somebody to perform a misdeed. I think that psychology um, and the ability to see what's uh, get into what's in someone's mind and, and to predict future actions and to be able to interdict that and um, prevent any sort of uh, of of attack or, or or bad action is 
a skill and talent that a lot of physical security people have and don't realize that they are masters. They become masters of psychology. They know how to do interviews. They know how to uh, de-escalate situations. And that's certainly something that's not in the traditional skill set of the IT security person who is much more involved in configuring um, uh, uh, protocols and, and, and the latest new technical gadgets. So yes, the two, um, the, the two dovetail very nicely in that sort of situation. Let's talk about some of the, uh, the findings of this report. Uh, fascinating stuff. Yes, um, very fascinating. The ASS Foundation set out to look at the extent of convergence. Um, and when I talk about convergence, I mean physical, cyber, and business continuity. And business continuity itself has different components. There's the cyber business continuity and the physical business continuity that might be called disaster management or disaster recovery. And the um, the thinking behind it was that everybody's been talking about convergence, how it really makes sense to do it because it's much more efficient, it's a more efficient use of resources. It'll it'll save organizations money. Um, uh, it'll simplify um, you know, um, practices and policies and procedures. But what we found was that um, with all the articles out there and all the um, all the uh, uh, presentations at conferences were, okay, this is inevitable. It's like, well, no one's actually done any research on this. Is it inevitable? Is it really happening? There were a couple of um, studies done a few years ago that sort of kind of said that convergence was about 25% organizations. And one of them was um, a study by Perpetuity Research Group and Martin Gill, uh, who's on the ASS Foundation. But they didn't really ask about convergence. They asked, you know, uh, it was a similar similar um, term, but it didn't really get at it. So they wanted to put some numbers um, to the question of convergence. And, and interestingly enough, found that about there's about 25% convergence among organizations in the United States, Europe, um, and India collectively. And that surprised me and that it surprised um, a lot of folks on the research committee because we thought it'd be much lower. Um, I thought it'd be 10 to 15%. And some of the other folks who have been CSOs or are CSOs who, or who work with big four consulting firms haven't seen many true converged cases at all. So they thought, you know, maybe five to 10%, but it's come out at, I think it was 24% total that have um, converged physical and security functions. So that number was a surprise to us. Michael, I'd like to take a quick break and hear from our sponsor, Alert Enterprise. And we'll be back in a minute to talk about some more on security management highlights. And now a message from alertenterprise.com, sponsor of the ASIS Foundation Research Report on the State of Security Convergence in the United States, Europe, and India. It was only a matter of time. Digital transformation has dramatically altered the threat landscape. Cyber and physical security risk are now blended. Any compromise can have a devastating impact on critical processes, operations, and even enterprise profitability. As a leader, 
You know the days of separate physical and cyber silos are numbered. You know there should be a holistic and converged approach that takes into account this rapidly changing threat landscape. You know it has to be an integrated solution that spans IT and physical security. At alertenterprise.com, convergence is core to our physical identity and access management platforms. We develop game-changing security convergence solutions that deliver identity governance, access management, security intelligence, and compliance validation across enterprise IT, HR, cyber, and physical security environments. AlertEnterprise.com brings people, processes, data, and technology together in a unique way that helps you protect what matters most. We empower your organization with real-time data so you can do more with less, create engaging workforce experiences, increase compliance, and reduce risk, all from a single trusted identity platform. Follow Alert Enterprise on LinkedIn and visit AlertEnterprise.com to learn more. Okay, Michael, we're back. Let's get into some numbers from the report, some findings. Some of the stuff I found very, very surprising. At the top, we see utilities, that 30% of utilities that we surveyed um, were fully converged. And um, in 40% of cases, two functions were converged, physical, between physical, cyber, and business continuity. And only 30% were not converged. And part of that, or a big part of that is most utilities, you know, when you think utilities, you might think of Pacific Gas and Electric, you might think of Exelon, but most utilities are small waterworks or purification or or electric companies, and they have pretty much shoestring staffs. And the person or people who do security do security for everything. They do the cyber, they, they, they may do the... Um, do fencing and access control. It's it's a small operation. They can't afford more than than one or two people. So by its very nature, it becomes converged. Tech and software comes in around about twenty percent fully converged, forty percent with two functions converged, and only and thirty nine percent not converged at all. And in that case, the it's it's really cyber that has um, consumed physical. Um, in, in those cases, you know, everything um, is geared around um, you know, technology and software, and the CISO comes to the fore, and, and that sort of explains why they're more converged. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you would have retail, and retail is very is, is only 11% fully converged, 43% of two of the functions are converged, and 46% not, conver- not converged at all. And if you think of a retail environment, very loss prevention focused um, and, you know, with physical doing their thing and cyber just becoming um, emerging as sort of a separate threat vector, as we saw through, as you see through um, cases where um, there was compromise, compromise of data, mass compromise of data from retailers and they're still in the in the situation where um, you've got the physical on one side and the cyber emerging cyber threat on the other side, and and they haven't done much to converge. And also, um, healthcare, you only have eleven percent fully converged again, just like retail. Twenty three percent with two of the functions converged, and sixty six percent not converged at all. And that's the largest percentage of not converged we see across any industry. And with healthcare again, 
you've got the division between the people who are responsible for HIPAA compliance, a lot of uh, on the cyber side, even though there's a physical side to that as well, and then the uh, sort of the police function, the more physical security function where you're protecting against violence in the emergency room, infant abduction, theft of pharmaceuticals, that's very much divided from the uh, information security side and and um, a lot of the information, uh, the HIPAA related information security issues. So a real, a, a real um, array, a real difference in levels of convergence by industry. Why bother having convergence? We had, at GSX, we did, a, we did a session and the guy stood up and said, well, why bother having convergence? You know, just leave it as it is. And I gave him an example of a case of a mining company that has massive self-driving trucks and trains and autonomous drilling technology and that are part of the internet of things. And that under a siloed security model, the type of threat or attack would dictate who would respond, even if the consequences were identical. So I was saying something, you know, if you attack equipment, the physical security team would respond. If there's an explosion, uh, a terrorist by the terrorist attack, the disaster management, physical disaster management experts would come in. There's a breach resulting in a remote takeover of trucks, cybersecurity team, if there was a breach, resulting in um, a business disruption, it would be the business con cyber business continuity group. So it doesn't make any sense, you know, to have all these different people running around based on, you know, what the precipitating action is and, and different people responding. One finding was it's not all about the money. Only 7% of security professionals with converged functions cited reduction in costs as a primary benefit. That's pretty low. That is low, and that surprised us as well, especially since we found that 21% of companies or organizations um, said that uh, the prospect of cost savings led them to converge. So, but after, you know, after everything was done, only a third of those said that there was actually cost savings. And even, even more strange, 6% said that costs increase because of that. So I think it's a wash on, uh, on, on cost savings. I mean, it would seem like a more efficient enterprise would bring down costs, but uh, I guess bringing uh, different groups together under, under one banner and, and um, you know, all the organization under that and, and changing policies and just getting everyone to work together uh, incurred as many costs as it ended up saving, at least in the short run. One of the findings in the report spoke about the hurdles. Uh, for example, 41% of the survey, people surveyed said different cultures and skill sets were a hurdle. 41% said turf and silo operating traditions were a hurdle, as you just spoke, spoke about. And 31% said they didn't perceive any benefit to it. <laughs> that finding I, I find kind of remarkable. I guess you look at it in a different way. You know, 31% would say, you know, we're doing our jobs already very effectively as they're carved out. The physical security people are focusing on X. The cyber people are, are focusing on Y. It doesn't mean, the fact that they're not converged doesn't mean that they don't have any relationship at all. They confer with each other, share resources when needed. So I'm thinking that's behind a lot of that 31% figure. Also, um, 
with the turf and silo operating traditions, you know, you hear silos and you think it's always negative, but sometimes, you know, especially when there's, when there's regulation, it's, it's sort of forced silos are, are forced upon you. One of the examples I like to use is, you know, heavily re regulated um, industry, you know, so talking about the chemical industry, so safety and security are very much intertwined in, in the chemical field. A lot of chemical companies have fire brigades and it's sort of um, safety and security are, are, are often, you know, go hand in hand. So integrating cyber with that or converging that with cyber would make it that much more complicated and confusing, especially if there's no regulation, um, you know, around cyber in that case. Uh, another example would be education. You know, you think silos are bad, but universities typically have campus law enforcement. They're it's a police function, whereas in the cyber arena, universities are tend to be research institutions and want to open up their um, information systems for sharing of information, and, and that's it's anathema to to police overseeing it. So there's two examples of where. Just because it's siloed, there's a reason, there's a historic reason behind it. It's not bad. It's the way, it's the culture of the organization, it's the culture of the industry, or it's their compliance issues that are wrapped up in it. Let's talk about a couple other things, benefits beyond the budgeting and, and silo issue. 40% people said aligning security strategies with corporate goals was, was something they looked at. Enhanced communication, cooperation, shared practices, goals across many functions. These are all kind of like in the 30 percentiles. More versatile, well-rounded staff was the goal they thought they could achieve. More efficient security operations. More visibility and influence of the board in the C-suite, which you just spoke about. So it seems like everybody gets that they should be doing this. But if only 25% are doing it, where are, we, where are we falling short? I know you think 25% is high. From my perspective, it's low. I think everybody should be doing it. Yeah, no, uh, that, that's a fair point. I think it mostly has to do with, well, we don't have to do it yet. It's not a board or a um, executive leadership mandate. If we take a real strong leader uh, of a security uh, or a couple of strong leaders of security department and say, hey, we're going to, I'm going to sacrifice my own job or possible, possibly sacrifice my own job um, as the CSO to converge with uh, cybersecurity and let's let the CISO take over my role and we're going to lose some staff or cross train the current staff we have. And, but when, when you converge, it's generally to confer some benefits like, um, you know, more efficient or, or fewer staff. So you'd have to self immolate in that case to take that up bottom up. Otherwise it's going to come from top down. And right now, there isn't a hue and cry from executive management to say, you know, you've got to converge or else. That might come. It has come in a few cases, but we're not seeing any kind of groundswell of activity that, like that. So here, I think, is the ultimate question. Let's say we're converged. Who is the leader of the organization? Because in my experience with the corporate world, they started putting cops were in charge of everything. Old retired cops, old Secret Service guys. They ran the studio business. And then the studio started saying, let's hire some IT guys to run everything. And now we're kind of going back the other way. Who ultimately becomes the thought leader for the security organization? Because not 
every security professional has both skills of physical and cybersecurity. Correct. But I would argue that don't necessarily need all those skills. You don't need to know how to configure um, an intrusion detection system or a physical access control system for that matter. You have to know risk. You have to be in a role more like an attorney, have a broader view. And that's why I would say the, the ideal person would be a chief risk officer, someone who can communicate risk in, ter- in business terms that appeal to the board, appeal to um, uh, directors and officers, and you know, and and in the terms that they can understand. You, they don't want to hear about threat vectors or you know any other you know technical to what what to them is gobbledygook. They want to hear it in terms of of dollars and cents and the effect on shareholder value and, and, and margins and things like that. So I would say that the ideal person would be a chief risk officer who can communicate, understands enough of both sides. Obviously, you don't want someone who's um, devoid of knowledge of physical or cyber, but it's someone who can transcend both of those and treat them as, as equal partners, um, not elevate one over the other, and, but has a holistic view of risk. This could be an entirely new, in one way, well, new, new title, yeah. new role. Yeah, this is very interesting concept. There are some chief risk officers out there, but it's not, yeah, it, it's not overrunning the marketplace by any means. So, yeah, it, it, it's just a matter of how high on the, on the reporting chain the companies want to put that function. I, I think most security people would argue that uh, it should be pretty high up in that, in that chain and a chief risk officer who could work closely with you know colleagues from from, from legal and from human resources and and who have you know deal with the risk you know in their own way or, or perhaps insurance they would be equal partners to me that makes sense especially with the increase of of cyber threats it needs to be security needs to you know, be a higher priority for an organization michael gibbs thanks so much for coming on Security Management Highlights, a special edition talking about convergence. Fascinating conversation. We could go on and on about this, and I hope you do keep in touch and uh, come on the show periodically and give us some updates about what you're doing. I'd love to, Chuck. Thanks for the opportunity. I think this is really interesting research, and anyone who's interested in it should check out the ASS website and go over to the foundation area, and they should be able to download either the full report or an executive summary. Again, thanks for the opportunity, Chuck. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you, Michael. We'll see you next month on a special edition of Security Management Highlights. Brought to you by AlertEnterprise.com, sponsor of the ASIS Foundation Research Report on the State of Security Convergence in the United States, Europe, and India.